welcome to the podcast of Follow Baptist Church. Our vision and mission is to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged and inspired by this message. For more information on Follow Church, you can visit our website at www.followchurch.com.au. Chapter 27, verse 45, should be up on the screen, but if not, feel free to read along with me on your phones or your real Bibles, old school. Um, if you don't have a, access to a Bible here today, there are baskets along the, the rows where you can grab a Bible and read along in Matthew 27. And if you don't actually own a Bible, that's our gift to you today. You can take that home and read it. So Matthew 27, verse 45 in the NIV. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran out and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Thank you, Lockie. Well, two years flies by pretty quickly. Some ways it feels like a decade. In other ways, it feels like two months. Uh, But certainly a lot happens And so today we've called our service Moments, as you've heard already, uh, because there's many moments that actually make up a a special journey. And so today we want to reflect on some of those moments. And as you sit in your seats today, you can probably think of some of the moments in your own life that have been significant. I know for my wife, it was a moment she walked into Mentone Baptist Church and she saw my long, flowing, luscious hair flowing in the breeze and she thought, I've got to have that guy. (laughs) For her, that was a moment. She'll tell you it's an amazing moment, but please don't ask her. For me, it was a moment my wife, Kim, walked down the aisle at our wedding and she came towards me and I thought, man, she is stunning. And I thought, how did this happen, me and her? And that was a moment I'll never forget. It was followed up a couple of minutes later as she wept her way through the vows, at which point I was wondering whether they were tears of joy or whether she just realised who she was committing the rest of her life to. That was a moment and it was a very long moment uh, as I waited to discover the answer to that question. I think I've shared before that Um, For me, some of the greatest moments in my life have been at the birth of my children. Um, I was there for uh, Taylor, Annika and Lenny. I got to deliver Taylor and um, that's an incredible moment in life. The moment where all the joy, all the intrigue, all the expectation, all the bump just pops out right in front of you. Um, For expectant mums, that's not quite how it works. Um, But in a word of warning for expectant dads, well, you're not expecting, but you know what I mean. It's an exhausting time for us. And I... After watching Kim give birth, I was just exhausted. I needed like a week off. And so get yourself ready. Put some margin in the diary, mate, and make sure you can have a little kip afterwards. But it's an incredible moment when her children are born. And I remember Taylor, when she was born, she had the cord wrapped around her neck. And so she was like as blue as a blueberry. And and I got to deliver her. And so I sort of caught her and then looked at her and went, Dole! She's a blueberry. And uh, the, the student nurse grabbed her and got the cord and just pulled it over her head. And all of a sudden, she went back to her normal pasty complexion. I remember, she's in kids' ministry, so I've got a free license today. 
I remember when uh, Annika and Lenny were born, who were both also in kids' church uh, this morning. I remember as soon as I said something, they looked up at me with their big blue eyes. And I thought in that moment, they are absolutely stunning. And I thought they're going to be trouble. And my gift of discernment was working really well that day because that has proven true. And so there's uh, some expectant mums here at Follow at the moment. And for you, you haven't had that pop out moment yet. Um, but you've had that moment perhaps when your husband, uh, when you tell your husband, I'm pregnant. Now, that's probably a moment that you'll never forget, a really special moment, um, particularly if you've already got a few kids and you're not expecting any more. Uh, surprise, I'm pregnant. That's certainly an unforgettable moment. But there's many moments in life, isn't there? Uh, just this Thursday, I had a moment where my wife and I went and visited my nana, who was gravely ill at the time. Uh, she's no longer gravely ill because she passed away last night. And so she's with the angels now and um, she's better off. And I think, you know, the truth is that we're going to miss her and she, I'm sure, will miss us. But if she had her choice right now, whether she stay where she is or she'd come back, I know there's no way she'd come back. And that's the hope of the gospel, isn't it? It's powerful. But this week on Thursday night, we went to her hospital bed and we stood around the bed and it was a wonderful moment because all of her kids had come from different parts of Australia and in the last days of her life, they were surrounding her around the bed that night and some of her grandkids as well. And as she drifted in and out, the moments when she came in again, and we were able to reminisce about some of those special moments throughout her 89 years and to remember the moments that make life so incredibly precious. For some of you, it's an achievement of a goal or a light bulb moment when you finally knew what God wanted you to do with your life. For others, it's a goal accomplished. It's a moment God answered your prayer. You got a positive report on your health, a new job, the moment you saw something beautiful in nature for the first time, a breakthrough in your life. These are some of the moments that make life so incredibly precious. We've heard about a few of those moments this morning, haven't we, up here on the platform, some of the few moments uh, over the last couple of years that follow, which were incredible. The moment Mike lifted his hand to receive Jesus is a moment I'll never forget. I remember seeing his face when he lifted his hand. It was an awesome moment that he came into that service an atheist. He came in reluctantly, no interest in church, finally giving in to his wife's nagging, sorry, encouragement, come to church, come to church, come to church, no, 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 all right, I'll come to church. And he walks in here, I imagine, a little bit grumpy that he's being dragged to church. And yet, in the middle of a message on suffering, of all things, talking about suffering, Jesus captured his heart and turned his life upside down, inside out, in the best possible way, and he walks out of that same service. He came in an atheist. He walks out a follower of Christ. And let me tell you, that's a moment. That's a moment you'll never forget. It's a moment, isn't it? The grace of God is just absolutely extraordinary. And it's seen a change in Mike's life in the last 12 months, journeying with a group of guys. All sorts of things have changed in his life. And for me, it's just... Absolutely incredible to remind ourselves how good God is. We've had moments at the food van. We've had a moment where three acres of land was donated to us to build a church on. That's an incredible God moment. We've had, a moment in kids, we've had moments in kids' ministry, moments in our services, moments in the waters of baptism, moments where God has spoken directly to us individually and also as a church. Moments are powerful. But in many ways, I think we've lost the art of capturing the moments. A lot of young people here would have no idea what I'm talking about when I say the letters VHS. <laughs> Some of you older people here today, today know exactly what I'm talking about when I say VHS. It's our old uh, video system where you take the big 
fat cassette and you'd put it in the slot and all the lines would sort of come up on the screen and it would flicker and Braden's looking a bit confused down the back there. He's got no idea what I'm talking about. But the VHS, it's not like a DVD where you can just skip chapters. Uh, you could press pause. And you remember all the white static going across the screen when you press pause? And then to fast forward, instead of skipping a chapter, you had to hold your hand on the button and fast forward and be like... I'm not possessed. So this is just what it sounded like. Uh, but you'd have to... Through to get to the next part in the, in the movie, and you would not be able to capture the moments when you're fast forwarding like that. And sometimes I think of our lives, and it feels like our lives are like all the time. That we're in fast forward as we go through life. There's work and deadlines and hobbies and ministries and pickups and drop offs and sport and Netflix. There's Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. There's meetings and appointments and travel and events. And we are so permanently living in fast forward that we often miss the moments. So many distractions and issues in life that if we don't press pause, we'll never appreciate what God's doing in our midst. In the old days, you'd go to work and you'd clock off and then you'd go home. Now you go to work and you clock off and you take your work home with you. And it's this constant distraction where we've got to the point where we're more distracted than ever before. I recently got a new device, which some people call a phone. It's an Apple iPhone 7. Uh, and yeah, people call this a phone, but we all know this isn't a phone, right? Mike knows. I know. This is not a phone, right? It's, a, it's an email and it's a text message and social media and apps and alarms and diary all in one. And as an added bonus, you can actually make phone calls on it, which is really quite handy at times. But I don't call this a phone. What I call this is a moment killer because this is a smartphone, right? And the ironic thing is this smartphone has made us dumber than ever before. Because we have all these moments going on in our lives, these joyful, incredible, life-changing, special moments, and yet we're so stupid that we sit around looking at other people's moments that we miss our own. We don't ever stop to pause to consider our own moments because we're looking at the other person's moments on Facebook and Twitter and email and all those other things, and we've lost the art of actually pausing and reflecting on what God's doing right in our midst. We don't stop and recognise and remember the moments of God's grace in our lives. And Lockie stole one of my sermon points today when he got up the front. I don't know why the Holy Spirit does that, but I'm not happy about it. Um, <laughs> but when I do pre-marriage counselling, uh, so often the advice I give, and I thought it was just my advice. I'd patented it as Luke's advice. Obviously, Lockie's heard it somewhere else in Adelaide. I'm the Victorian distributor of this advice. But I always tell people, and when you're coming to your wedding day, whatever you do, stop Pause, look around, take it in. Look at people's expressions. Look at the joy on their faces. Make sure you remember those moments that make your wedding day so incredibly important in your life. Because a wedding day flies by for those that are being married. Now, if you're a guest at a wedding, it's entirely different, isn't it? You think it must be midnight. It's like 10 past 7, my goodness, another five hours to go. But for you, when you're getting married, it just, you blink and your wedding day is gone. And so it's so important to stop and take notice the mental snapshot of those moments. I was talking to David Young during the week and he, like I did, failed to take in the moments on our wedding day. And he only remembers one moment. Is that, that's when he picked up the wrong wing, ring and tried to put it on Tracy's finger. It's the only moment he remembers on his wedding day. And Tracy's not here either, so tell her when you see her next. But I want to encourage each of you today in your life to pause regularly enough to enjoy 
and remember the moments. Today at our two-year celebration, we could just focus on looking forward to the future. And it's an exciting future, and we'll do a bit of that in a moment. But before you go forward, sometimes you've got to go back and remind yourself of God's grace. And so I want to ask you the question today, what are the moments for you over the last two years here at Follow where you've thought to yourself, wow, God is good. I just had one of those moments when the music team sang the first ever song they've done for Follow, and I thought, wow, that's an incredible song. I love the lyrics. That's a moment. Wow, I won't forget that. What's the moment where you saw God work in someone's life over the last two years? What's the moment when God spoke to you? On Facebook last week, I posted a post about today's service, and I invited people to share some of the moments, and it was a great joy to see some of those moments for people. For some, they mentioned their baptism. Others mentioned sermons, um, relationships they found themselves in. Others gave testimony of being saved. Others talked of being embraced into a church family like this. Others remember when we commissioned the Rowcrofts to go to West Africa as missionaries. These are all important moments. And after the service today, we have a moments bar. If you look up the back, you'll see moments, and you'll see all these little dangly things on there. And the idea is that you go down and you write down the moment for you or maybe more than one moment, over the last couple of years where you have seen God work. And we're going to have a bartender down there. That's Marco. And he's going to be taking photos to commemorate some of those moments. And we'd like to put them in a hardcover book just as a reminder of God's grace over the first two years. Now, a hardcover book with two memories, not really good. So I'm hoping for dozens of memories today. And so please go to the bar after the service, uh, write down the memory, hang it up on the thing and we'll take a photo to commemorate it and take advantage of it because it's probably the only time ever that you'll hear me encouraging you to visit the bar after church. (laughs) But it's there for a reason and the reason is that we will deliberately and proactively focus on some of those moments where God's grace has been so significant in our lives and I think as we do that, God will fill our hearts with gratitude, and praise as we remember God's provision and grace throughout the journey so far. This is very biblical, isn't it, to stop and to thank God for all that he's done. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In 1 Chronicles 16, 34, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So often people walk around going, what's God's will for my life? Like it's a needle in a haystack. Well, here's some of God's will for your advice. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now you know it, so you can do it. We're called to give thanks in all circumstances. And we've got so, so much to be thankful for. Moments are powerful. And even though we are finite beings who worship an infinite God who exists outside of our time structures, we still find God so powerfully in the everyday moments of our lives. As we read throughout Scripture, we see that God's the God of the moment. If you look at the bookends of human history, you'll see in the beginning God said, let there be light, and there was. What a moment that would have been when there was nothing and God says, let there be light, and there was something. At the other bookend, it says, in the twinkling of an eye, you and I will be made like Christ. What a moment that is. What a moment to look forward to. And in between, as we read scripture and we look at our own lives, we see that God is the God of the moments. So we read throughout the New Testament, we see that Jesus is the king of the moments. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus heals a man with an incurable disease called leprosy. 
And in the very next verse is a paralyzed man in the middle of a meeting like this is lowered through the ceiling and Jesus forgives his sins and he says, get up and walk. Imagine how significant those moments would have been. A guy with leprosy, a social outcast, rejected as someone who was unclean to be avoided at all costs, contagious. And in a moment, in Jesus' presence, his life was completely transformed. The lame man who relied on his friends to carry him around on a stretcher all the time. How humiliating would that be? And yet a moment in Jesus' presence caused him to stand up and walk out of that room. These are powerful moments. In Matthew chapter 8, a centurion's servant is healed. and It says he was healed in a moment. In in Matthew chapter 17, a little boy that was possessed by a demon, Jesus rebuked the demon. It says he was healed in a moment. In Acts chapter 9, a young guy called Saul, we know him as the Apostle Paul, was on the road to Damascus, determined to persecute and kill Christians, and in a moment the risen Christ appeared to him that he would never be the same again. One moment in Jesus' presence, and the blind received their sight, the sick were made well, the lost were found, the lame got up and walked, and the dead came back to life. In Acts chapter 2, suddenly, in what appeared like a rushing wind, the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost and filled his people so they would be his witnesses to all creation. In a moment, suddenly, God did something significant. God, the triune God, is the God of the moments. And it's a staggering thought that an infinite triune God would step down into the finite world he created to appear powerfully in the moments of our lives through Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. And it's really all possible because of one history-changing moment. In this morning's passage, we read a story that is often reserved for Easter. But as Christians, we know it's not just an Easter story, don't we? It's an everyday story because it communicates the power of the gospel. It's the moment where Jesus died on the cross for us. And Jesus' death, together with Jesus' birth and Jesus' resurrection, form the trinity of the most important moments in human history so far. As we read the passage from today, we see in this moment that Jesus felt completely alone to the point that he cries out to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What a terrible moment that would have been for him. In that moment, Jesus was carrying the sin of all mankind. He was carrying my sin and he was carrying your sin. And God the Father, who is holy, in that moment turned his back on God the Son because in that moment he became sin on our behalf. It's incredible. He died in our place, paying the consequences of the things that we've done wrong. In verse 50, when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And here's that word again, verse 51. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible story, you might read over a statement like that and think, well, big deal. Some knitted curtain, someone knitted together, the wind blew and it tore apart. What's the big deal about a curtain? But if you understand the significance of the curtain in the temple, you'll understand that this is a moment that should shape every other moment in our lives. That's why we celebrate communion, to remember a moment like this. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And as we look at the cross, we remember Christ's sacrifice and we remember what that means for our relationship with God. And so why is this moment so incredibly significant? Well, during the lifetime of Jesus, the temple in Jerusalem was the centre of Jewish life. Jewish religious life, that is. 
The temple uh, in its construction had all these outer courts and all the outer courts were designed to keep you out of the presence of God. And so when you looked at the temple, it had the outer court, which was called the court of the Gentiles. It was for the non-Jews. And so the Gentiles could only go into that court and that's as close as they could get to the presence of God. Within that, there was a court of Israel. And within that, course, uh, within that court for the, for the Israel people, the Jewish people, there was a court for women. And then inside that court was a court for men. And that's as close as they could get to the presence of God. And then within all of that, there was a big room called the holy place. And only the priests could step into the holy place. And they could go in there as an act of worship to God. They could get that close to his presence. But within the holy place, there was another little room called the Holy of Holies, and that was divided into two. And the two parts of that room were separated by this curtain that we read about. The curtain is not some flimsy knitted curtain. It's a curtain that people say was about 100 mil thick. It was a very thick curtain. And the moment Jesus died on the cross, that curtain tore from top to bottom. You couldn't even reach the top. This was a supernatural event. And that curtain separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And only one priest, the high priest, one time per year, could go behind that curtain and step into the presence of a holy God to offer a sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. Once every year, the high priest could go into that place. And so this massive curtain kept people out of face-to-face relationship with a holy God. And what makes this moment so powerful is that if this moment didn't happen, you and I would remain separated from God. Because once we were all far away from God, our sin created a barrier that separates us from God, and so we were far away from him. We were separated from a holy God, from our sin that keeps us out of his presence. But Jesus on the cross took our sin upon himself And he died in our place. It says that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so this moment is about more than some curtain. This moment is the moment where Jesus died in our place and he made it possible for us to step boldly and confidently once again into the presence of a holy God. This moment made it possible for us to be forgiven. This moment made it possible for us to have salvation. This moment made it possible for us to have hope. This moment made it possible for us to come near to God. And it's this one moment that gives us hope for the future. It's this one moment that is a moment that shapes every other moment. The moment where Jesus died in our place. Today we've paused to remember those moments in the last two years of follow. And they've only been possible because of that moment above all other moments. It's a moment that will shape not only our past, but it will shape also our future as well. As we step out to share the gospel in this region, as we are shaped by what Christ has done, it's our dream that many people who are right now far from God would come back to this same moment that we found ourselves in where we realised for the first time as the Holy Spirit opened our eyes, we realised who Jesus was, who he is, and what he's done for us. It's that moment where we went from being lost to being found. That moment when we were destined for eternity, separated from God, but we came back into a relationship with God the Father through Christ's incredible sacrifice and through us by faith accepting what he'd done for us. Our prayer is that there be many people that would come back to this moment and would be saved eternally. This is what makes the mission we have the most exciting mission on earth.
This is what makes the stories like Mike's and many others so incredibly exciting because they are eternal moments that have eternal implications. And let me tell you, this mission and vision to reach this community and beyond, I want to tell you this morning, it's worth sacrificing towards. It's worth investing into. It's worth laying your life down for. This morning, don't lose the art of capturing the moments. But let the moment of all moments shape every other moment in your life. And for us as a church, I pray that it will shape every moment of our future as well. To finish this sermon today, this service, we're going to sing in a moment. But before we do that, I want you to fix your attention on the screen. And I've been praying as I preach that the audio will work. But as you fix your attention to the screen, I want to show a vision video. And it's a vision video that the eldership of the church spent several months uh, formulating and praying through and seeking God on. We then took it to our diaconate and um, wrestled through it with them as well and had their input and made some changes from that input. And then we presented it to our members at our AGM. But today, um, as we celebrate two years and look to the future, we want to present it to the rest of you as a church. And as you watch this vision video today, my prayer is this, that you don't look at it and go, well, that's nice. But I pray that you look at it and go, wow, God's good. And I pray that you look at it and consider how you can actually be part of that vision going forward. What role is God calling you to play? How can you sacrifice? What is God calling you to give to see this vision come to pass? And I pray that when we get to 10 years and 20 years, we'll have another service like today, and there will be dozens, hopefully hundreds of testimonies of people's lives who have been changed because we were people that were willing and bold and obedient to step out and do what we believe God's asking us to do. It's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take faith. But my prayer is that we haven't even scratched the surface yet. That there's so much God wants to do in you and through you in this region for the glory of God.